Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Red Handed early and ad-free. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every single week? Yep, that's disgusting. So Blue Land set out to do something about it. Eliminate the need for single-use plastics in the products we reach for the most by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Blue Land even has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash redhanded. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash redhanded for 15% off. One more time, that's blueland.com slash redhanded for 15% off now. You know we love Shopify. Shopify is like an all-knowing retail wizard that's always got your back. A retail wizard that can accept payments, manage inventory, and sell anything you can imagine, anywhere you can think of. Online, easy. In person, piece of cake. The best bit about the all-knowing retail wizard that is Shopify is that it knows exactly what's going on across your business. So no more guessing what's selling well online and what's doing better in person. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash redhanded, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash redhanded to take your retail business to the next level today. One more time, that's shopify.com slash redhanded. Hello everyone, welcome to my pod. I live in here now, <laughs> I've been in here all day. So I was like, do you want some lunch? <laughs> what are you doing? I was like, no, I'm not just staying in here all day. Staying done... in your sauna pod. My little sauna airplane pod, yeah. Um, if you uh, don't know what I'm talking about, uh, you could be watching this on video and you're not, and that's a decision you have made. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, we're trying something new with Red Haunted. We are aware that it's an extremely popular piece of content. Uh, in fact, some of my own friends will say, oh yeah, I'm not that bothered about Red Haunted. Red Haunted though, fucking fantastic. And I'm like, oh, is that a compliment? Is it? Thank you ever so much. That's so bizarre. Okay, so if you've never listened to Red Haunted before, here's the fucking deal. What we do is you guys send us your creepiest ghost stories and then Hannah and I read them to each other. Uh, We used to do this like in the weird little boxes that we record our uh, other episodes in. But what we realized is like, it's quite scary to stand in that box and talk about some of the fucking weird shit that you guys have sent us. And we've had like such a good response to people just really enjoying more video based content from us that we thought, why not try Red Haunted in the same way? So this is the first time ever we are trying Red Haunted as a video and as audio. So if you are listening to this audio only, but you're like, hey, where's the video? Um, go watch that instead. I think for the moment we're posting them on Patreon, but available to anybody, but we will eventually just be posting them all on our brand new YouTube channel that we're going to start. Oh, whoa, dropping the YouTube bomb. <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, we're, we're trying it out. Um, we've, uh, we've decided that maybe we don't have faces for radio and our long-term career goals <laughs> are to box Jake's Paul. So we have to get a YouTube presence somehow. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I'm here for it. So I'm excited. So ghosts, should we talk about ghosts? Le- yeah, love a bloody ghost. Love All right. a ghost, me. So we've got two stories each. Uh, pl- another plot twist, as if the video wasn't enough. Um, I decided I'm not going to read these ghost stories before I start recording that Seb put together. I'm just going to go for it. So I don't know oh, how wow. rogue that you are um, <laughs> that I have been allocated by dear Seb. We're going to find out together. I don't know how scary they are. I don't know what's going on. But let me kick off. I've got one here from a listener named Michelle. Hello, Michelle. And her story is called No Ghost to See Here. So Michelle apparently apologizes in bold in advance for the fact that her ghost story takes place during the day. Apparently ghosts in Gettysburg don't know the rules. Do you know what? I think that is infinitely scarier. I feel like the whole cliche of obviously like ghosts being out at night and daytime feeling safe. 
I love a horror movie, me, where they do the ghosts in the daytime or the scary shit in the daytime, because I'm like, that's even scarier. Like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, scary shit's happening in the day. Like that's yeah. I am infinitely more afraid of the dark. I'm having real struggle, like, um, enunciating my words today. Like, maybe maybe we've got some sort of brain injury going on. I really don't know what's happening. But um, we'll, we'll get there. So if I slur my words, it's because I'm dying. Wonderful. Please continue. Uh, wonderful. And I agree, like, infinitely scared, more scared of the dark. Imagine if someone was like, I'm terrified of the light. I'm so scared of the light. I could just see too much and I'm terrified. But I, I do love a, a little plot twist horror film or story that is set in the daytime because I think that's a nice, like, mix them up. So here we go. This is Michelle's ghostly mix them up. So at some point in the relatively recent past, Michelle was working as a museum do docent docent I don't know apparently this is what Americans call museum tour guides what I've never heard that in my life as a never. previous Roald Dahl museum employee museum <laughs> docent um I, know, I saw some of my school friends at the weekend and they're like how did you remember when you went to the Roald Dahl museum for like a really long time <laughs> <laughs> yes I do remember that very rogue from me. You remember, yeah. of course, I remember working at the fucking Roald Dahl Museum as a, I mean, no one's calling you a docent. We're not American, but apparently a little bit of American lingo I can chuck in there. Oh, there you go. I've learned. Docent. There you go. I've learned also. This story I can already see from just skimming the next two lines is set in Gettysburg. It's a bit civil war-y. We've been here Again. before. We've been here Bloody before. Bloody love it. Hated. You guys. Maybe Seb is like secretly a Civil War reenactor on the weekends and he's just too Possibly. embarrassed to tell us and he's just leaving a little trail of interest crumbs by giving Possibly. us Civil War only themed Red, red Orchards. But it's happening. We're off for another. I, I mean, I'm I'm predicting. I don't know. Yet, okay, it, okay, is set okay. in, uh, it is set in a museum house in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which mm -hmm. is a bit Civil War-y, isn't it? Well, uh, Gettysburg address fame. Precisely. And uh, and this isn't just me, you know, guessing because Michelle says in her own words, Pennsylvania is the land of the Civil War. Um, OK, yes, I, I believe that that sounds like a thing. That sounds like an accurate thing. So this house that Michelle worked in had a particularly um, like great claim to fame in Pennsylvania because apparently their motto, I don't think it's their motto, but their like claim to fame was that it was the only museum house in Gettysburg that wasn't haunted. Sounds well, nice. you're asking for it really, aren't you? I mean, you are asking for it, as we will probably go on to see, I hope so, because otherwise <laughs> I'm just leading you all up a path to absolutely otherwise, nowhere. Seb needs some <laughs> workshopping on his how to set up a twist. Exactly. So uh, this is the only place in Gettysburg that's saying that it's not haunted. I quite like that. You know, I, I all the ones, the other ones, like exploiting their civil war ghosts to get the punters in this place is like fuck it we're fine we're clean did you see um comment someone commented on the patreon that a company tried to do ghost tours in the belangelo state forest and then we're like very <laughs> swiftly shut down because of how incredibly poor taste that is oh my god no i didn't see that and i was like yeah and also every time they take a fucking tour group out they find a probably a bunch more dead bodies that the police <laughs> <Yeah>. have missed <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about go and listen to our most recent episode on ivan malat and every and all become clear and i there's a lot of places that i would go on ghost tours too the belangelo forest is not one of them nope no thank Nobody you nope. no 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 thanks very much um so anyway this place important to notice uh michelle works in not haunted okay everybody with me so on her first day at this grand old house during her orientation the museum director went out of her way to say this is the only house in Gettysburg without any ghosts and this really apparently is a bit of a standout feature in Gettysburg as apparently the whole town is completely obsessed with ghosts and most of the museums are constantly flaunting their hauntings that is quite a fun phrase to say flaunting their hauntings and encouraging ghost hunters to have a good old poke around. You would, you would, wouldn't you? That just makes good business sense to yep. say that your place is very haunted, but not this place. And to be honest, apparently it was a bit of a relief for Michelle as you know, that makes sense. Of course it would be. She loved history and she loves the old houses of Gettysburg, 
but um, she's not a fan of ghosts and she really enjoyed the idea of being a museum tour guide here and not having to gloss over the house's actual amazing story just to go on about some ghost fanatics to like get the punters through the door. So I think that's quite a nice thing. She seems like a very um, serious docent. You know, I'm gonna just keep using that word. I may not even be pronouncing it right, don't care. So Michelle started her new position and thoroughly enjoyed telling people um, all about this house's history. But at least one day, every day, a punter would ask, does this place have any ghosts? To which Michelle would indignantly reply, this is the only house in Gettysburg that doesn't have any ghosts. It's a happy house because its story is being told. Looking back at her constant indignation of the ghostlessness of this house seems to have been tempting fate. As we have covered before on Red Haunted, ghosts do not like being told that they do not exist. So don't do it. Don't Mm-mm. keep saying you're not haunted because it might be. And then there'll be angry ghosts. So Michelle's first year or so at the house went swimmingly and she got into the rhythm of getting um, getting on her 1860s clobber. Oh my God, I didn't realize So She was like dressing up for this shit. This is hilarious. I love this. And opening up the heavy doors at the front of the house, bringing in her troop of happy tourists and then locking them all in so nobody could wander in and make a mess of things. I don't know how locking them all in makes them not be able to make a mess of things, but apparently, you know, I'm not a docent. Well, like maybe there's like bits of the house that like they're going to want to go and touch it and like fuck with it. And you've just got to keep them in an enclosed pen with very strict rules of what they are and aren't allowed to touch because otherwise they will fucking touch everything and ruin it. Got it, got it, got it. So she'd bring them in and apparently she would show them all the way around the old house, right up into the attic, where they knew from luminol testing that once a Confederate sharpshooter had actually died. So that's quite fun, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. Why not? I mean, I didn't know there was a historic use for luminol, but um, there we go. No, I mean, I wonder how long the blood, I wonder how long the blood, like, can have been there before if it was just never cleaned down with like oxy bleach or something like would it mm. always show up on luminol i don't know apparently here the answer is yes so that's a fun story um but you know this is happening and one day she's doing her usual rounds and there was nothing particularly special about the day in question michelle was in her second season at the old house and she was on the second floor <laughs> so I don't know if this is said by Michelle, but it's spelled second F L A W. Hey man. I love it. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, what am I saying? Um, Talking about the battle um, that had taken place in Gettysburg. She was only five minutes into her chat when the large door, which she had locked behind her, suddenly clunked open and closed downstairs. Then there was a sharp silence, and then Michelle could hear the sound of footsteps. Michelle quickly scanned everyone in front of her to make sure they hadn't left someone behind. But everyone's faces looked stricken with fear and the weird noises from downstairs continued. Trying to break the tension and expecting to see either another tour guide or a lost tourists, Michelle stuck her head over the banister and called out, we're on a tour, can I help you? I love the fact that everyone's just immediately scared. Wouldn't you just be like, it's just like a fucking person that's come in downstairs, but... I, it's the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere. If I was in an old and timey house specifically looking for ghosts, like if I was a tourist and I'm like, there's got to be at least one in here. And then like a massive <laughs> heavy door just opens on its own. I'd be like, yeah, sold. Ghost town. Like okay. Im- imagine if we, when we went to um, Dracula's castle in Transylvania, if I had heard even the slightest shit in there, I would have been <laughs> like, yeah, vampires are real. Screaming. Sign me up. The only thing I will say about my querying so far at why everyone is scared is because they're in the house that claims to be the only one that isn't haunted. And also they can't see who's opened this door. They can just hear the door open downstairs. But like I said, Michelle leans over the banister and shouts down, but there was no reply. At this point, Michelle convinced herself that it was either another tour guide who had used the front door rather than the back, or she just hadn't locked the door properly and that someone had wandered in. Makes sense, I buy that story. Either way, Michelle knew that she had to go and check. She has to be a responsible docent, she has to go and check. So despite her horror movie knowledge telling her that she should run out of the place screaming, which (laughs) 
I'm like, don't do that while you're at work. Just run out of the house screaming. I frequently run out of work screaming these days. So Excellent. Excellent. So there you go. Maybe it's fine then. Um, so, so Michelle decided to gather her stuff together, told everyone to stay put and went downstairs to investigate. She told the group she didn't want someone wandering around downstairs unintended. And a large stocky man from her group offered to go down with her. Feeling a little spooked out, she took him up on his offer and they went downstairs. Firstly, they checked the door, which as Michelle had suspected was locked and bolted. So they split up. Why? That's why he's there. So you're not alone. Mm. Don't split up. Don't then split up. Don't do that. No, never split up in an old and tiny house. Everyone knows that. Don't do it. And once they split up, Michelle checked the stool cupboard while the tall man checked the rest of the front rooms. But there was nobody there. So Michelle and the tall man went back upstairs and back to her group. They all looked as stricken and scared as before. Michelle had no shit... <laughs> But Michelle had no shits left to give to pretending that this wasn't super weird. And after one guest said, I guess the Confederates are back, they carried on with the rest of the tour and the atmosphere generally kind of chilled out. I bet whoever said that is so pleased with themselves oh, yeah, yeah. to this day. I bet they retell that story oh, yeah. 15 oh, yeah. times a year and everyone's like, it. oh my God, Uncle Dan, we're fucking sick of it. You made up. one joke once. <laughs> So after the tour was over, Michelle went straight over to the museum director's office and told her exactly what happened. She was expecting raised eyebrows and looks of disbelief, maybe a bit of eye rolling. But instead, the stern lady told Michelle to shut the door and sit down. <gasps> guys, you guys are so fucking extra museum director, mate. Like, okay. I mean, I don't know what happens next. So maybe someone gets horribly murdered by a ghost and then I'm being like fully, you know, not reasonable. <laughs> So the museum director told her, told Michelle that on her first day at the old building, before it had ever been renovated, she and a friend had heard the exact same noises and the exact same sound of footsteps walking up the stairs. She and her friend were in the attic and the footsteps were so loud, they stopped chatting and called out hello, expecting maybe her friend's husband to walk around the corner and join them. But nobody arrived. The museum director then finished by saying that she had seen and heard plenty of unexplained things in the old house, but that she had never told anyone as it, quote, took away from the house's story. I guess the story of it not being haunted. Right. Like your very convenient <laughs> plug of it being the only unhaunted one is pretty. I love it. You're going to thin ice, it seems. Exactly. All these ghosts that are haunting this house are going to get in that in your in the way of your marketing ploy. <laughs> of it being the least haunted, haunted house in Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is an odd gimmick, guys. Come on, that's something else. Come on. So apparently the house never felt the same again uh, for Michelle after this, and she decided that it would be her last season there. In fact, she moved away after that and made sure it was, in fact, her last season in the whole of Gettysburg. Because she was the ghost. <gasps> And the museum, maybe, maybe, wait, maybe. I feel like I had it. Maybe the museum director and Michelle are the same person. And that day, oh. I'm okay, okay, I've got it. That day, the museum directors, the first day, the first season the museum director worked when she heard those footsteps coming up the stairs, it was actually a ghost who murdered her. Right. And, um, and then she stayed in the house because it had actually, oh no, it had been haunted because she got murdered by a ghost. But then she stayed in that house and then um, she's Michelle. I don't know. I felt like I had it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Michelle walks into the museum director's office and then she gets told to sit down and then the museum director takes off her face and she's just been Michelle the whole time. And there's two Michelles, but actually one, something like that. I'm thinking a lot about like mirror images at the moment because I, um, I'm trying to, or it's decorating my new flat. I don't have a full length mirror in my room, which I feel like owning a full length mirror is extremely important. Um, and I don't have one. I currently have a dressing table mirror. So I, it's just at like midriff height. So every time I walk past it, I can just see like my least favorite part of my body. Mm -hmm. um, so that needs to go, needs a new mirror, but I don't know where to put it um, because I cannot repeat, cannot have a full length mirror that is reflecting on my bed while I sleep. And no. it is limiting 
to where I can put the mirror in my room because otherwise the mirror ghosts will eat me while while I sleep. I don't want to see myself while Uh I'm sleeping in the same way as I don't want to stay in a hotel where there is a mirror where I can see myself while I'm showering. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. weird. Don't need to see that. Uh, No, no, I agree with all of those things. Don't put it there. Yeah. So I am, I am strictly limited in what I can do now. So we'll have to figure it out. I'll keep you updated on mirror. Oh, please. Could you put it on the inside of a cupboard door or a wardrobe door? No, because they're slidey. Uh, Um, So they're, yeah. And I kind of want, I quite like those sort of leaning mirrors, Mm. but I don't think the room's quite big enough for that. And it's always going to look a little bit unfinished. I don't know. Um, Anyway, would you like to hear about some lesbians and some tap dancing? Oh my God, absolutely. In fact, I'm going to, I'm accidentally on your notes. So I'm going to scroll away from the notes so that I can have total blindness for this entire Red Haunted episode. Okay, fantastic. So uh, Seb has once again started this one with the year was 2018. We've spoken about this before, Seb. We can't do that. Unless it was the year was. The year was 2012 and paranormal activity was extremely popular. (laughs) Was it 2018? The year was 2018 and Hannah and Sruti had been doing for red-handed for two years. What the fuck, Seb? No, 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 no. Unless it is 1820, you can't say the year was. Even then, it still sounds a bit Yoda to me. No. Um, Anyway, so we're in 2018 and we're with um, Brittany, who was working as a biologist. Uh, She also had a dog and she was wearing a little flannel. And she was dating a firefighter. In other words, it says here, she was living the lesbian dream. Sebbington, I sincerely hope that that is the way Brittany has described herself and not what you have decided to call her, because otherwise we're going to have to have some HR meetings with the pig. (laughs) So (laughs) one night, um, the firefighter that Brittany's dating invited her to a local restaurant with her friend, who is a man, and this man's 10-year-old daughter. And it turned out the man's ex-girlfriend and the mother of his daughter had actually taken her own life a few months before. So intense already. And quickly, um, the subject moved from this apparent suicide to the creepy goings on in the man's apartment. And the daughter also lives in this apartment. And according to Brittany, these creepy happenings seemed to be endless. But... Brittany had already had quite a lot to drink by this stage in the conversation. So she can't quite recall the full list, but she has sent us the highlights. And they include footsteps, creepy voices, shadows of figures on walls when there's no light outside, uh, things falling over, things moving around by themselves. Um, And uh, this man's daughter suddenly had an abundance of imaginary friends. And on top of all of these occurrences, there was a very very noisy attic oh no thank you and a very strange humming has just started in my headphones so I'm having a horrible time (laughs) apparently I've seriously got like white noise in my headphones right now I've quit I don't don't want to do the show anymore the whole of like a week (laughs) two weeks ago for like a whole week I thought I had developed tinnitus and I was like that's it my life is over I've ruined my (laughs) life I've got tinnitus and then I realised I just had an ear infection and now it's fine. Oh, yeah, your uh, ear. I was genuinely like, fuck, I've got tinnitus. It was like every time, maybe it was a ghost, I don't know. <laughs> but it was either, ghost. It was either an ear infection ghost. or a ghost. Um, every time I would like walk or move my head too quickly, I would hear like like wind rustling in my ear. It felt like, um, it felt like a whoosh in my ear oh, and no like, what the fuck is that and then it would feel like um imagine like if you had a butterfly trapped in your ear canal but it wasn't in a way it was like a tiny butterfly that was like the size of your ear canal so it's not like there's a thing in there stuck it right, was like it was right. just something in there beating its wings and I felt like why can I hear wings beating in my ear obviously I googled it and it was like um, a specific type of tinnitus where like a blood vessel just pops in your ear and it's like you can't do anything about it that's it you've got it for life and I kept feeling really dizzy and I was like oh my god I've got tinnitus and then the pharmacist was like no you've got an ear infection and I'm like what am I fucking six why have I got an ear infection but it's weird stop putting poo in your ears Saruti god I know Um, I'm disgusting (laughs) 
Okay, uh, right, out of Saruti's ears and into this guy's extremely noisy attic. Um, apparently both him and his daughter could hear footsteps, voices, and worst of all, laughter coming from <laughs> above them. And it shut this man up so royally, he'd never managed to go up the ladder to have a look. That's sensible. So, Brittany, being a biologist with a scientific mind and having quite a lot of Dutch courage, um, being quite a few drinks deep. Uh, and she was also sat next to a firefighter that she's dating. So she's feeling, she's feeling pretty on top of her game. Brittany threw caution to the wind and she loudly proclaimed that she was brave enough to go to the attic and look. Oh, God. So the group, which is Brittany, her firefighter date, this man, this man's 10 year old daughter, all go to the apartment oh. um, and they're all eating and messing around. Um, and Seb has written here with an air of, I ain't scared of no ghosts. Seb, you are fired. It's, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Those are not <laughs> interchangeable. Sorry. <laughs> um, then they waited for the daughter to fall asleep. Um, but she wanted to uh, stay up and meet the ghosts, apparently, because they were, in her own words, pretty nice to her. Um, but Brittany was pretty convinced it was a raccoon at this stage. So she was like, no, the kid has to go to sleep. Do raccoons laugh? I, I, I mean, the raccoon in Pocahontas definitely makes some chirpy noises. And that is the does. extent of my raccoon experience. He does. Did that raccoon speak? What was that raccoon called? I don't remember. Miko. Miko. And he was called Miko and he made a little like chirping Miko. noise. Oh, well. And he was very is... good at plaiting hair. Mm. So it maybe it's Miko from Pocahontas, in which case it's fine. If not, then that's not a raccoon. Sounds okay. like a fucking ghost. Um, or it so... could be Kamala Harris from our last Under the Duvet. <laughs> you know what? There are worse people to have living in your attic than Kamala Harris. If you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, then um, you need to go and listen to our Under the Duvet from about, not this week, the week before, possibly the week before that, um, where you can find out why I almost died in my own bed at 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning because of Kamala Harris. And that's all I'm <laughs> going to say. So eventually, Brittany got a hand on a torch, uh, pulled down a ladder and prepped herself to walk into the attic abyss. As she looked up into the black square above her, she came up with all of the rational explanations she could find for the random noises. Maybe a squirrel had found its way into the attic and made itself a little squirrel home. Maybe there was a gap letting in enough of a breeze to blow things around up there. All right, Jonathan Creek, but it is that like black square. That's yeah. the fear. That's the mm -hmm. fear. When you can see the black square of unknown attic slash loft abyss that's this the fear is such a loft abyss let me tell oh, you because no. when Brittany got up there she found not a little squirrel house she found not a stiff breeze she found what's essentially the set of a horror film <laughs> in this attic piles of old dolls in various states of decay an old Basin, which I assume means sink, covered in like shit, um, and a pair of tap dancing shoes. Hold on to those; they come back later. Um, uh -oh. And hundreds of old yellow newspapers. One of these papers stood out immediately to Brittany, who I'm assuming is a red-handed fan, so therefore a true crime person. One of these old newspapers featured. A picture and a headline about everyone's favourite knobhead, Ted Bundy. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. So it was just, just a bright on the top. Just a paper from the fucking like seven, when were yes. you killing people? 70s. Yeah. It's just, just on top. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I also just say the newspapers is one thing, like whatever. If you've just got bits of broken dolls in your loft, you are a deviant. There is no needs for this kind of thing is somebody just taking the piss because you've obviously seen all the stuff on the internet where it's like um a bury a plastic skeleton under your like, yeah, yeah yeah thing and then just wait for the next person to buy it do a renovation and i'm like how 
I think I might be a bit of a deviant. Um, so when I was a kid, my dad worked in lots of different countries and he would bring me back what are called character dolls from each country. And I've got about 30 of them okay. um, in a cabinet at my mum's house because when I was a kid, I didn't understand that that's a creepy fucking hobby and like no one should have allowed me to do it. But I, <laughs> the fact is I have these dolls now. I, my dad's dead. I'm never going to throw them away. No. So like I... But so I have to accept that at some point in my future, I will have a box of dolls in a lock that will just be in there. So I I could be setting myself up here, truly. I mean, look, I'm just going to say, don't don't break them. Keep them no, no, in good yeah. condition. So I was like, that's okay. I'm not going to lie to you, though. Like, you've got to keep them, obviously, because they're from your your lovely dad who gave you a bunch of fucking dolls. You've got to keep them. It is, it is, uh, it's deviant though. Yeah, just... <laughs> it's, it's just a deviant behavior. Like, it's absolutely like, why, why was it that I don't remember ever asking for them? It was just decided that that was the thing. But like, I was a very like girly girl. Yeah. Like, and it's like, so I was it's like very give. into that. It's what you give. But they weren't for girl. playing with, they were for looking at. But that's, that's nice, you know, it's like teaching responsibility, it's like looking after these things and. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was never given dolls because um, I obviously was in India till I was like six. And my dad used to come here, though, come to the UK regularly and then come back every like two months to see me and mum until we could finally move over with him. And uh, I don't know. I just had loads of like fucking toy aeroplanes and mm. plushies, plushies. Really? They don't they don't like um they don't look as good. They don't survive as well as like a doll. So mm. my keepsakes are kind of gross and just all in the bin, which just sounds really horrible, but they were no, gross. Mine are just uh, porcelain and definitely haunted. Yeah. That'll do it. So tune back in in 10 years when I will have been murdered by a doll. One product I use every single day without fail is my satin pillowcase from Kitsch. It's been amazing for my hair and my skin. Plus, they come in a bunch of different colours and patterns, so I got myself one that works great with the rest of my bedding. And Kitsch don't just do satin pillowcases, they offer a whole range of game-changing beauty essentials that I just can't get enough of. Whatever your budget, skin type or hair type, Kitsch believes that you deserve those little indulgences at affordable prices. You must have seen their viral heatless satin curling rollers. They were huge on TikTok. They take five minutes to put on and they completely remove any risk of heat damage. Kitsch's latest craze is rice water shampoo bars, which can improve your overall hair growth and density. Plus, little tip, you can take a shampoo bar on a light, no problem. Right now, Kitsch is offering you 25% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash redhanded. That's right, 25% off anything and everything at mykitsch, that's K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash redhanded. One more time, mykitsch.com slash redhanded for 25% off your order. Did you know socks, t-shirts and underwear are the three most requested clothing items in homeless shelters? Well, they are. And Bombas are doing something about it. They make ridiculously comfortable versions of all three and donate one for every item they sell. Bombas's one purchased equals one donated commitment has helped customers donate over 100 million items of clothing to people facing homelessness. That's a lot of good done by people just buying the Bombas that they would wear every day anyway. And once you try Bombas, you'll understand why so many people have purchased and donated. Whether it's their arch-supporting socks, their buttery soft tees, or the underwear so comfy you'll forget you're wearing it, Bombas has got you covered for the basics. I've loved wearing Bombas's athletic socks to the gym. Their sweat-wicking material, impact cushioning, and blister defense has been an absolute dream. So ready to get comfy and give back? Head over to bombas.com redhanded and use code redhanded for 20% off your first order. That's Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash redhanded and use code redhanded at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Be healthy, be healthy, be healthy. How though? What does that even mean? Why won't everyone stop saying it? Ironically, I have almost lost my mind trying to figure out how to be healthy in a way that works for me. But I realise my main issue in the pursuit of health and happiness begins in the supermarket. But then I discovered Thrive Market and I couldn't believe I hadn't heard of them before. Not only can I order all of my grocery and household essentials quickly shipped to my front doorstep, their selection of foods is so good and so good for you. The brands they sell only have the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. 
And I'm actually saving money on every single order because I am a Thrive Market member. Don't be jealous. I'm saving 30% on average each time. And they have an amazing deal page that always has my favorite brands on offer. Not to mention when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash redhanded for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash redhanded, thrivemarket.com slash redhanded. So where were we? Ted Bundy in the newspaper. So Brittany in her infinite wisdom decided that she was going to take the Ted Bundy newspaper and the tap shoes out of the attic with her into the normal world. Big mistake. I was going to say, is there some sort of ghosty rule that, uh, you know, Zach Bagan can tell us about, like, not taking stuff away from... I feel like you don't steal from the dead. I feel like that is a... But then if you're dead, you can't just, like, have your shit everywhere and be like, well, you can't move it. Yeah, right. Please neatly have it in a storage facility that you pay for with your estate. I mean, I don't know where this is going on. You may have said, sorry, I've forgotten. But if you were like, I don't know, let's say square footage in somewhere like London. Sorry, ghost. You can't just take up like fucking five square foot with all your random shit and threaten to haunt me. It's got to go. It's got to go. Yeah. Okay. I told you about my basement. Should I just quickly tell you about my basement? Yeah, please do. Okay. So the basement, right. Um, obviously got a new house in Leighton. It's got a basement. I don't know why that felt like it rhymed. It doesn't rhyme, but you know what I'm saying? So you go down the stairs and there's, um, the normal size of the like Victorian cellar that's downstairs. Right. Um, everybody who comes in there is like, this is amazing. There's no damp in here. How do you have this cellar without any damp? And I'm like, I genuinely think the man who lived there before Mr. William Crease took very good care of the house. And that's why there's no damp. Go down into, and also um, the floor doesn't need dropping, which in most Victorian houses um, would need to, so that you can actually stand there. It's like genuinely quite high ceiling. So I'm like, this is a fucking win. When you're coming down the little wooden stairs into the basement, if you just look across, like uh, across the basement, uh, like this way, uh, when I'm saying this way, I mean, um, right. There's a wall, right? That's the wall of the, the cellar, but there's a little gap the size of maybe like a brick or two that runs along the top of that wall at intervals. When you look through those gaps, there's just a black void, a black space on the other side of the wall that basement is. No, thank you. And I was like, this is weird. So I obviously have, I have the kind of like um, the blueprint of the house, like the schematics of the house. And when I looked at it, I was like, this is weird because actually my cellar, Um, runs for the entire width of the ground floor of the house so technically this cellar should be a lot bigger than it is because it should run all the way up until the other room is done when it touches the cellar of the next door's house so why is my cellar so I mean it's good size but why is it so narrow and why is there a black void here and I know it wasn't just an empty space because I can see it on the blueprint that there is a room there. And I was looking through it and like shining a torch. There's a room behind that wall. And I was like, what the fuck? So I was speaking to the builder. I was like, can we knock this wall down? Can I put a doorway in it? Like to get into that room? What's on the other side? And he had a look and he was like, there's definitely a room there. But the problem is this wall is a load bearing wall. So you can't just knock it down and like have a giant cellar unless you put like a steel brace in and stuff like that, which is going to cost you much money. And he was like, obviously it's in London. So the square footage is valuable. So maybe you do want to think about putting a door in and going in there. I'm like, no, thanks. No, thank you. Why is whatever's in there? It's, I think it's just, maybe it's like whatever these people were like, whatever's manageable. So we don't need this whole space. So we'll just leave this load bearing because this wall in the middle is literally holding up the house. And they were like, we'll just put this wall in. And there's just a whole nother fucking room in this house that has no door to go No, that's like fucking Tutankhamun's tomb. You can't go in there. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to put a door in to open it up because whatever's in there can just stay in there. It's clearly fine. And there's just like little pockets of windows along the top, not even windows, holes along the top where you can look into it. But I also don't look into it because I'm scared no, I might see. Abs- no, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. I know. No. 
So leave alone the square of like dark abyss sphere. This is like a room of dark abyss sphere that you can see. And there's stuff in there. I can see stuff in there. But, but like define stuff. Like, I don't know. Like when you look up and you shine a torch in, there are like objects. Like I can see something. No. I can see no. something. I can't, no. Do you, know, do you know what? If you ever, ever open, like just yeah. build the door and open it, it's just going to be rocking horses. Ah! Rocking horses covered in like... Shoals. Dolls. Yes, <laughs> dolls. dolls. Just a hand from the ceiling. No. Oh, that you can never go in there. It's I do kind of look at it. I, when you come around, you can come have a look at it. Um, but I we like send your brother in. He won't go. He's more <laughs> he's more scared of it than I am. Are you kidding? I'm the brave one. So my brother's obviously my brother's gonna be living in the house with me, and he is like, I am never, ever, ever going to go in there or look in there or ever want to see it, which pretend it's not there. Um, yeah. And we can't like block off the top bits because there needs to be like ventilation for dampness. So, okay, you're just gonna have to live with the mole people. Yeah. Fantastic. Sorry. I bet, do you know what? I bet they're being so quiet now because they want to entice you to live there and it's not gonna be until you live there yeah. that they start making a fuss. Oh my God, stop. They've been very happy on their own. They have you're gonna ruin it. I know. With your know. life. Oh my God, guys, wait till I tell you more about this fucking house. We'll wait till I'm in there and we'll talk about it then. But basically it's never been owned by anybody apart from this one family, which is creepy, which I find creepy in and of itself. Oh, I think so. A Victorian house that's never been owned by anybody else apart from one family. And also that means you're like violating the legacy. That's what I mean. But this is what I'm saying. You can't own everything once you're dead. You've got to let it go. (laughs) You've got to let it go. I need it. I think Mr. William Crease might have a different opinion. Um... (laughs) <laughs> okay right sorry attic um maybe we should do a do some sort of something in your basement when we knock not knock the wall down but like send like a camera on a string so we can see what's in there. um well, I'll, I'll put it on the list we'll put yeah. it in the youtube meeting um Easy. so um where am i She took so, the shit out of her attic. Yeah, she's taking the shit and she's carrying the tap shoes, particularly um, as spoils of war. It turns out Brittany uh, has a bit of a flair for tap. Did it in high school. So Brittany made, in my opinion, a fatal Uh-oh. mistake. Uh-oh. I know what you're going to say. And she put the shoes on. No. Mm-mm. They fit like a glove, apparently. And then she spent the next 10 minutes showing off and trying to teach the young daughter who's appeared from her bedroom, apparently, some tap moves. Um, And she had just taught her the box step, which is not particularly difficult, Brittany, um, (laughs) when they heard some loud banging coming from the attic. Oh, my God. Why are you doing this? Why are you trying to get yourself possessed? Do you know what would have been really creepy is if the banging had been in the sound of like the rhythm that they had just tapped. Are you psychic? Oh my God, is that what happened? Shut up. Yes. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll stop talking. So, about yeah, no, no sooner has she mastered the box step, the daughter starts to freak out and starts to swear that there were bumps and thuds coming from the attic that had been copying Britney's tap rhythm exactly. But, oh my God. It's like ghostly, so you think you can dance. I hate yes, this. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, in Britney's own words however she was so drunk by this stage in the evening that even if the ghost had fallen down the stairs to her it probably would have sounded a little bit like the rhythm that she was making (laughs) get it Um, when okay so Britney is now determined to catch whatever was making the noise she's still pretty sure it's an animal so she scrambled back up the ladder to point oh. the torch into the darkness, expecting to see a raccoon or a squirrel, but there was nothing. And everything looked exactly as old and creepy as it had when she had left it. Absolutely nothing was out of place. <sighs> Brittany is like a dog with a bone here because she decided that she might as well bring down some more of the creepy stuff. Brittany, um, go home. Yeah, Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> Your <laughs> date's probably like, what the fuck? This girl's mad. <laughs> um, so she's up there trying to find the most disturbing shit she can in there for whatever reason. Um, and she's rummaging around. And Brittany says no matter how hard she tries, she can't accurately describe what happened next. She's drunk. (laughs) 
But apparently out of nowhere, everyone heard and Brittany felt a heavy set of footsteps run across the attic right past her. Oh, oh no. She said that she could hear the sound of each individual's footsteps on the beams as they ran past. And she even felt the attic roof bend ever so slightly as the weight shifted across the room. After that, Brittany shouted at the top of her lungs and then her date, the firefighter, let's not forget, pulled her out, um, practically chucking her down the ladder. This and fucking then they date, man. She's got all the patience in the world. I love it. In it. Like, I think I'd rather be bored, to be honest. I'd rather be on an aggressively boring <laughs> date with an Italian chef uh, than, than this. This would be too much for me. So you couldn't handle a drunk date hanging out in your friend's attic that you've just introduced him to um yelling and screaming and being drunk <laughs> to be honest as soon as the suggestion of would you like to hang hang out with my friend of a friend's 10 year old child i would be like oh no God. thank you but oh, so i probably God. wouldn't have got to this stage in the game but that's because i'm just completely incompatible with all children but so uh, so they slammed the attic door shut and then they all stood in the kitchen in a stunned silence but every so often, this silence would be broken by more thudding above their heads. There was nowhere, there was just absolutely no way any of them were going back up there. So I assume that the thuds continued um, until the end of time. And we'll never know because Brittany and the firefighter no longer see each other. I'm sorry, Brittany, I shouldn't laugh. But I'm like, <laughs> there was no way that wasn't going to end in an empty-handed no, no. case. Yeah, but you know. You and us both, Brittany, so it's okay. So she hasn't seen the friend, the daughter, or the tap dancing ghost ever since, but she has sent us a picture. Oh my God, what? Where am I looking? the Ted Bundy um, newspaper clipping, and just behind it is a very scared looking child. I know, I was like, what the fuck? Is that child, the little child from the story? Because I think that's... so. Because, like, honestly, let's all leave that child alone because she looks fucking scared. Oh my God. Okay, that is quite creepy. That is a creepy, creepy, um, like, newspaper cutting. But is it me? I was like, Ted Bundy, it doesn't scare me, you know? If it was, like, another case, if it was, like, Albert Fish, I'd be like, but Ted Bundy, I'm just so, like, filled with contempt for him. Even Gacy, Mm. even a, like, boys found in walls, like, you know, that that would do it for me more than Bundy would, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Well, that is a scary and hysterical story i love the idea of it just being remade into like a horror rom-com where yeah 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 yeah. britney's just like trying to make it work with this firefighter but just uh can't and when you were like at the end was like no one was going back up into the attic i could just imagine britney like desperately wanting to but people just holding her back (laughs) this is great but you got to give her you got to give her credit you got to give her credit for the spirit i like that all right good work britney I've got one here from a lovely spooky bitch named Caitlin, and it's called The Lone Soldier. Once again, I'm not going to hype it because I have absolutely no fucking idea what's going to happen. So let's all find out together, shall we? When Caitlin was a child. Oh, it's another attic. We've got another attic. Um, The attic in her grandparents' house was her playroom. She would go up there most days and play with her toys. However, a grandma, her grandmother would always go up the stairs first. And occasionally she would say, nope, we have a visitor. And no matter how much Caitlin pleaded, there would be no going up into the attic that day. Okay. So I assume her grandmother is turning around to Caitlin and saying, nope, to Caitlin, we have a visitor. And then she would be yeah. up there. Okay. Now, Caitlin's grandmother was apparently a little bit eccentric. So the visitor never really bothered her too much. She just assumed that it was her grandma being a little bit odd. Sadly, Caitlin's grandma died when she was 16. When Caitlin was 16, not when her grandma was 16. And imagine she's the ghost. Sorry, I'm trying to plot twist all of these and I can't. And and a few years later, at a family gathering, Caitlin's dad, Jim, told her a story. Apparently, when Jim was 18, he was a volunteer firefighter in a place with the weirdest fucking name of a town I've ever seen. Right. So, Pass spelt this out for me. So, thank you very much. Kunsha 
Hocken. Kanja Hocken. That's why quite, quite a lot of names in that area of um, the states are total Greek to me. Like I, I find it so and I'm, I'm sure that like they are supposed to be phonetically spelled, but I'm just no, no, no idea. But yeah, apparently Kanja Hocken. And again, I'm back in Pennsylvania. So this is back in back in Pennsylvania, land of the Civil War. And uh, apparently Kanshahaken was an old milling town. And uh, that was its particular claim to fame. Now, apparently General Washington, during the War of Independence, another claim to fame, apparently stopped there on his way to Valley Forge, which presumably is of some sort of importance to... Uh Americans featured in Hamilton I will not know about it and I can tell you with a hundred percent confidence there is no reference to Valley Forge in Hamilton how do I know because I know all the words so and I respect that I haven't seen Hamilton so even if it isn't there I wouldn't have known between us we would have known we don't know (laughs) Valley Forge don't know presumably of something important um so there you go claims to fame all round so another thing about this town Kunshahaken is that it has three fire stations, which I know I haven't said the size of this town, so maybe it's fucking massive and that's why it's got three, but it sounds like, why has it got three? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And apparently, Caitlin's dad had worked for fire station number two. So we got another firefighter on our hands in this case. So that's quite fun. And apparently one morning before the sun came up, and remember this is when he's like 18, Jim was awoken by the sound of his firefighter's radio buzzing. There was an urgent call going out to one of the fires from one of the other fire stations in town. It was the station furthest away from his. So he decided to turn his radio back down and rolled over in his bed, in his attic bedroom window. So I guess he's just like, it's not anything to do with me. And Mm -hmm. he just turns the radio down. He's like, I'm going back to sleep. Fine. Now this attic, that had been her dad Jim's bedroom is of course none other than the same attic that became Caitlin's playroom. Apparently, after he turned the radio down and rolled over to go back to sleep, Jim froze because outlined against the faint light of his window, he saw the shape of a man (gasps) looking out across the street. No. Nope, hate it. So 18 year old Jim, slowly put on his glasses so that he could make out the clear sight of the man. And he saw that the man had a funny grey hat pulled over his eyes. As the sun rose, Jim stayed still and began to notice a rifle slung over the man's shoulder. The man paced from foot to foot slightly and fiddled with his rifle strap. Jim, apparently by this point, was absolutely shitting bricks. There was a man with a gun in his house and his family were downstairs. So Jim stayed dead still while he worked out what to do next. The man seemed completely undisturbed by the sound of Jim's radio and he just kept looking out, out of the window that is, fiddling nervously with his rifle strap. After what felt like an absolute lifetime had passed, Jim's radio started to kick off again. And this time the call was for his own station. Thinking it was now or never, Jim steeled his nerves, leapt up and turned the light on. He braced himself for whatever came next, but nothing happened. The man at the window had completely disappeared. Jim was in between where the man was stood or had been stood and the stairs. The window was locked. There was nowhere for this man to have gone. So it's all confusion center, right? This man's there. You can kind of see him in the dim room. Then when he turns the lights on, he's gone. A few weeks later, Jim told his mum, who is Caitlin's grandmother, about the incident. Apparently, grandma wasn't shocked. When she had moved into that house 20 years previously, the old owners had mentioned that there was a ghost who would occasionally stand lookout. Most of the neighbours had come knocking at some point, saying that they'd seen a man that they didn't recognise looking out of their family's attic window. And like, this was just apparently a thing that would go on regularly. Apparently, after that, Jim slept with a light on and was relieved to never see the soldier again. But Caitlin's grandma did, however, 
And that's why she would always go and check for the visitor before Caitlin could go upstairs. No, I can't stand that. I can't stand that at all. God, there's just so many fucking like Civil War ghosts, guys. Like so many, so many. Very, I mean, it's quite convenient. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We're all the ghosts of the Native Americans. I mean, just the Civil War ghosts. (laughs) But I don't know. Uh, It's creepy. It is creepy. I just think like, I don't know. I'm not scared by like, man ghosts or like by like middle-aged man ghosts like a soldier don't know maybe it's quite a controversial opinion i'm scared by little kid ghosts and by old people ghosts okay well i've got a i've got a middling ghost but it's a lady ghost though which i do agree are scarier oh i'm oh i i do think they are scarier also apologies for everyone who can hear blue absolutely fucking losing his mind downstairs uh welcome to the madhouse <laughs> this is just what happens <laughs> Um, sorry, yes, so Lady Ghost, lay it okay. on me. Lady Ghost. So this has come from Nikki, uh, who grew up in Ireland. Whether she still lives there or not, I don't know. But we're not in America, we are in Ireland. Um, and she grew up in a little bit of a strange home. It wasn't old when her parents moved in. Um, but the previous owners had some weird planning permission issues which meant that their ground floor basement um which could in theory open up onto the garden had to be filled in because of some planning nonsense blah 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 um so nobody could do what they actually wanted to do with it but when nikki was around two her dad thought that it might be nice to open up the basement into the garden and decided you know fuck the planning department or the equipment the council fuck the council it's probably the council but always fuck the council i truly believe that there are two things I live by and one is don't play on the railway tracks and two is never tell the council the truth. Fuck the council. Fuck the council. council. Um, Yeah, Hackney council's still broken. I haven't paid a penny of council tax. They just won't, they won't, they're just like, we are broken. We can't do it. So we'll see. Um, Anyway, uh, Nikki's dad pulled up the floor under the stairs and started to dig out the large cavernous space under the house. Being as unrelentingly active, unrelentingly active as any two-year-old, Nikki spent most of her weekends helping her dad, uh, which much the two-year-old can. Um, I love that. Yeah, just, just gonna go help dad. Put it's my... basically just wearing dungarees, isn't it? Like that's, yes. as mo- that's, that's as much as she's gonna be helping. Yes, Fisher Price plastic toys and wearing dungarees. That's exactly, it. but it's quality time. Mm-hmm. But the deeper they dug the more two-year-old Nikki started to talk about the lady in the dress. What? Uh So Nikki described to her parents a stern-looking lady in a Victorian dress with a cane who just hung around in the basement. Oh, I hate this. And two years of this go by. as Nikki's parents continued the hefty undertaking and possibly illegal undertaking of digging out their basement without planning permission. Dropping that floor for that Dropping that floor. <laughs> By the time Nikki was four years old, she was talking about the lady downstairs almost all the time, but now she wasn't the lady in the dress. Nikki was referring to her as sister. Yeah, as in like nuns or like my sister. Well, why do why do you wait? And I'll tell you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Nikki actually had two sisters um, at the time, and she wasn't particularly bothered about having another one. No one can understand why she would play act having another sibling when she all already had two. Mm. And it seemed like Nikki wasn't even that fond of this imaginary sister that lived in the basement. And she spent most of her time trying to avoid going into the basement to specific get away from this person slash thing she was calling sister. (laughs) One night, Nikki woke up to find sister in her room calling her name. And this was very out of the ordinary as sister never usually left the basement. So Nikki, being the kind, innocent child that she was, decided the best thing to do was to take sister back down to the basement where she belonged. So Nikki got out of bed and walked slowly down the stairs. And when Nikki and sister got to the basement door, 
Nikki couldn't open it. It wouldn't budge. She pushed it and wiggled it with all of her four-year-old strength, but it just wouldn't open. And this made sister really angry. So angry, she started waving her cane around and yelling at Nikki. In sheer panic, Nikki threw herself at the door and the door flew open and Nikki's momentum meant that she couldn't stop and she tumbled down the stairs onto her stomach. Hearing this crashing in the middle of the night, Nikki's parents came running downstairs and they found Nikki lying face down on the floor of the basement. She'd fallen all the way down the stairs. Her face and stomach were bruised and scratched and bizarrely there were two strange bruises, one on Nikki's back and another on the back of her head. Nikki's parents asked her how she'd hurt her back and Nikki said that the sister had hit her. But also she had just fallen down the stairs, so that bit I'm not buying. Um, <laughs> I love the idea of them just being like, but where did this mark come from? Yeah, right. <laughs> I literally found you at the bottom of a flight of stairs and you're four years old. <laughs> but these mystery marks. Oh my um, God. For the next few years, the basement door wouldn't open easily for Nikki but she could feel the sister's presence in the basement always. Mm. And this carried on until tragically when Nikki was just 11, her dad passed away. And apparently the feeling of sister lifted from the house the moment he passed. Sometimes Nikki would wake up late, as, would wake up as a teenager and hear her, her dad's infamous, infamously loud snoring coming from her parents' bedroom only to find out there was no one in the house. Nikki's dad had always been funny about leaving people to sleep in the house. Um, but apparently he's still there sometimes. But Nikki had never felt the sister again. But as a grown-up, Nikki has found out that the house... Uh-oh was built on top of an old house and the old house was connected to a convent. Fucking knew it. Yeah. Oh, yeah hate, it. hate it. And this all would have been fine, right? Nikki sent this a year ago. She sent it last April, apparently, and it got lost in the Red Haunted pile. But she sent us an update as of last month. Oh, no. And this update caught Seb's glinting young fetal eyes. Um, because it has a photo oh my God. attached to it. Shall I look? Is it time? So apparently, th this update goes along the lines of, I had a Zoom call over the weekend and my friend started freaking out because there was somebody behind <laughs> me. No! <laughs> okay. And apparently two separate friends who are on this Zoom call have taken a screenshot of Nikki being on the Zoom call. Um, and you can look at it. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm so glad that we're quite like close to the camera. So there's not much background space for things to appear behind <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Oh, fuck. Right off. Okay, I'm scrolling down. I'm scared. Sorry, I'm scrolling very slowly. <laughs> no, it's okay. Take okay. your time. Oh, my God. Oh, what? What? what the actual are you serious that is like some fucking like out of the movie sinister or insidious level i mean nikki we love you with all our hearts and we desperately want to believe you but that is a cardboard cutout that is so i'm scared of looking at it in case it like moves like <laughs> i remember we've talked about this on the show recently um how sinister that fucking Ethan Hawke film um, was voted like the scariest film of all time. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, you people are trash. You people are trash. Who the fuck voted for that? But this is the kind, this is, this looks like Bagul. And yes, the main fucking demon in that movie is called Bagul and you people voted it the most scary film ever. Please <laughs> check yourselves. Um, this looks like that. And in that, it turns and looks at him when he's not looking at it. And that's what this looks like. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I, it needs to be more ambiguous. It's like subtlety is scary. You know, that's why the Blair mm -hmm, Witch mm -hmm. is so good. Cause it's like, like subtle. This is yeah. just like, ah! 
<laughs> but wait for listeners we will put it on the instagram yeah uh, so you can look at it yourself and make your mind up uh, don't be too horrible about it because uh, no. we're all just having fun yeah um, it's just a bit of fun i i am like if it was more blurry and more just of a shadow i would have been more scared it, mm-hmm. if it is real mm-hmm then the ghost sister you've just fucking like given the game away as like a ghost (laughs) you gotta be more subtle you gotta be more subtle um but no that was really that was a really good story though I really enjoyed that so thank you for sending that in Brittany but fuck me yeah um and thank you for all of our red haunted uh contributors this month um we don't know when we'll be back with red haunted but it will be soon um and we're also going to go and stay in what I assume is a haunted barn, like next week. Yeah, why not? So maybe Everything's something will haunted. happen then. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. We'll tell you about it then. Um, but yeah. I'm certainly haunted. Exciting, exciting. Can't wait to go spend um, four days with you in a maybe haunted barn then. So yeah. everyone, uh, thank you so much. And we hope that you enjoyed this video version of Red Haunted. We feel like uh, this just uh, it's a lot more fun for us to be able to like do more of these video content bits um so yeah let us know what you think unless you hate it in which case uh, maybe just keep it to yourselves um and listen to the audio version but whatever um we will see you very soon with some more ghostly goodness goodbye bye Prime members, you can listen to Red Handed early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Hey you, before you go, tell us a little bit about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Ding! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. (laughs) Judy Justice, only on Freebie.